Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Indianapolis, Indiana with my new friend Lynn Mettler of FamiliesFlyFree.com. Lynn loves how Indy is a nice, clean city that has a small town feel, but with all the big city amenities you could wish for. In this episode, Lynn and I talk about Hinklefield House, where the movie Hoosiers was filmed, the Indy 500, and the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. You're about these three interesting stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Indy. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Lynn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Indianapolis, Indiana, and this is a town that I've yet to visit. I used to read uh, Peter King for Sports Illustrated, and the NFL used to have their draft here you know, every year. And he talked about how it's such a great walking town and everything's so close. And it just the base of the city just has a great vibe. And so as soon as I met you, I'm like, okay, I definitely have to have Lynn on the podcast. Yeah, it is a great city. We we really enjoy living here. And I came here first for college for that kind of very same reason you just said. Like I was just attracted to the city when I visited. I thought it was really nice. And I grew up in Kentucky. And we don't get a lot of snow in Kentucky. And I just got a postcard for, I went to Butler University in Indianapolis and the campus was beautifully covered in snow. And I was like, oh, that looks so wonderful. So they drew me for college. And then I'm, except for a brief time away, we have, we have lived there ever since. Oh, nice. What's the the main thing that's kind of kept you there in Indy? Well, I think it is a really nice, clean city with lots to do. It's a good size. It's not super huge like Chicago or New York City, but it still offers a lot of the big city amenities. And we live in a suburb outside of the city called Zionsville. And so it's kind of like living in a small Indiana town, but yet we're just like 20 minutes from downtown Indianapolis. So it's super easy for us to kind of get the best of both worlds when we need to. And it's a great sports town. So I grew up with Kentucky basketball. So it's a a big thing in Kentucky. And of course, it's a big thing in Indiana too, right? I just love basketball and it's the whole state. Everywhere you go in Indiana, you'll see everyone's driveway has a basketball hoop and every kid is outside (laughs) shooting hoops, even in the middle of winter. It's just part of the culture of being a Hoosier is basketball. Oh, nice. So if you had to describe the city or the people, would basketball be the word or is there another description you'd have? They're definitely sports oriented because, you know, we also have got the Indy 500 here, which is probably what the city is best known for. Um, So there's a whole other element to of the sports with the whole racing side of things. And when I first came here to go to college, I knew nothing about car racing at all. And I very quickly learned through the whole month of May, like 
the whole town is in celebration of the 500. There's race flags in everyone's yard and banners everywhere. It's really, really fun. Everyone knows all the drivers and you never can watch the 500 here in Indianapolis because they can't ever sell all of, there's 10 million seats at the (laughs) the track, you know? (laughs) So everyone always has to listen to it on the radio. So you always hear everyone's radio on, you know, on race day. Hoosier hospitality is what comes to mind if I were to describe it. So I mean, yes, it's sports oriented, but I think it's that also um, Midwestern, easygoing, kind type of personality. You know, that's what I think of. Yeah, no, I mean, ever since moving here to Nashville from California, it's just a way different vibe in like this central part of the country than than it is on the coast. And it's pretty endearing and it's, it's very welcoming. Right. Yeah. It's just more laid back than you'd find in a bigger city, though. I will say I lived in Charleston, South Carolina for several years, and it doesn't get much more friendly than that. <laughs> so <laughs> even more even more than the Midwest is the Southern politeness is tough to beat. For sure. So you mentioned uh, that, like the snow was one of the things that kind of got you over there to Butler University. And what's the weather like throughout the year? Is it cold in the winter with the snow? And then is like the summertime the best time to visit or or are there are certain things like the Indy 500 in May that you, like, you just can't miss? Okay, the weather is not the reason to come to Indianapolis, I would say. Um, <laughs> but we have a lot of overcast days. I'm not sure why that is. But in terms of times of year to come, I love the fall. And when we moved away briefly, that's what I missed the most was the changing of the leaves and the corn fields and the the corn mazes. And we have soybean fields in this town where I am and they all turn gold in the fall. And they're just beautiful. You just missed that uh, in the South, at least I'm sure in California as well, you miss that kind of change of seasons that happens. So that's my favorite time of year in Indiana. I just can't imagine being away for that. But we do get snow, but not a ton. So that's kind of nice. So you get your couple of snowfalls a year. We don't usually get more than a foot ever. And then as soon as the race hits at a Memorial Day weekend in May, it's 90 degrees. It seems like we go from cold winter, which sometimes can go into April, into hot summer. So uh, I definitely would pick the fall. That seems to be the mildest time of year where you get kind of 50s, 60s type of temperatures. Nice. Are there certain like festivals or other events that happen other than like we talked about with the Indy 500? Well, I mean, definitely there's a special parade for the Indy 500. We have like a mini marathon. That's a big event here during race month. So that whole month of May is just a big celebration of the race. Now, let's take a step back. If people are coming to Indianapolis, there's just the one major airport there, correct? Yes, we do have the one major airport, but it's over and over named one of the best airports in the world. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think both of our favorite airline services are there, right? Southwest? Right. So it's definitely a Southwest destination. It's it's good that's in the middle. We're sort of in the middle of the country. So it's easy for us, at least, to access all the East Coast or the West Coast without having to fly six hours or to reach someplace, which is nice. Oh, for sure. And say we're flying to the airport there and then we're going to go into town and and explore around. What's the best way? Do we rent a car, take public transportation, get an Uber? Like how do we get around? Yeah, I would definitely say to rent a car or use an Uber or Lyft here. The public transportation is not great. Your option would pretty much be a public bus. So I would definitely drive. And if if you just had a limited amount of time to spend here, I'd recommend heading downtown. There's lots to do downtown. We're 
um, known for the um, Soldiers and Sailors Monument. We have a circle, like that's the center of downtown, and it's right in the middle. It's probably the most iconic thing you see in Indianapolis. And over the holidays, they turn the monument, it's like a obelisk kind of <laughs> into a Christmas tree, or, you know, with the lights coming down from it. So there's lots to see do downtown. You can climb up into the monument there if you want, which I have done once in college, which is pretty cool views of the city. In order to do that, do you have to like reserve a, buy tickets or reserve a time or how do you do that? No, I don't think it's a super busy attraction. So you can walk in it free and I think it's 300 and some steps or you, you can pay a dollar and go up the elevator. I say walk the stairs. <laughs> you can do it. So downtown, there's the zoo. So if, if you have kids, we do have a really, really good zoo. And it's located within White River State Park, which is one of my favorite areas of the city. It's really beautiful. There's a canal there. I like to go walk along the canal. The zoo is there. The NCAA headquarters is actually in Indianapolis. So that's another kind of nod to the sports scene here. And they actually have a museum that you can go in and it's pays tribute to college sports. So it exposes kids to all the different sports. There's like a recreation, vintage basketball gym. The movie Hoosiers was filmed and took place at Butler, where I went to school, at Hinkle Fieldhouse. So the Hinkle Fieldhouse is definitely something to see if you if you love basketball, because it's a historic, one of those old field houses that's still standing in its original form. And like I said, the movie was filmed there, and that was about the basketball state championships in the 50s and this really small school that was able to win. I still remember that granny shot at the end. Right. And like just to that, so that guy's name was Bobby Plump, who took the shot, you know, and and won the game for him. And you can actually eat at his restaurant here called Plump's Last Shot. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're going to do that, like a food that we're known for in Indiana is a breaded tenderloin sandwich. So good. So they're known for having really good ones there. So definitely do that. And then the Children's Museum here is is probably, I would say, our most famous attraction. It is known nationwide as a top-notch children's museum. They have a great collection, like a whole dinosaur area that's very popular with dinosaur bones, but it's kind of made to be like a the bones in their real setting, you know, as if they were walking around and you could check that out. So that's a great thing to do. My kids are five and nine right now, and I travel a lot with them as a freelancer. I have a lot more free time, and and so finding children focused activities like that is is phenomenal. So that way we can we can just enjoy things and have a little bit of fun while also teaching them. As a parent, that's one of the things you always try to find walk that fine line of okay, let's have a lot of fun, but let's figure out a way that we get a little slide a little education in there. Right. Yeah. So they do a great job of making. Education fun, for sure. It's very interactive and definitely took my kids there a lot when they were little. It's a good thing to do. And in terms of places to eat, St. Elmo's is downtown. And that's kind of if any celebrity or sports figure comes to town, that's where they go eat. And it's a steakhouse and it's historic and they're known for their spicy shrimp cocktail. So you can go and get that and see if you can actually eat it without dying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, my my wife loves hot food, so yeah, so it's gonna be. It's See if she that, can do it. <laughs> is it that big of a challenge? Have you tried it? My husband had, and he said it was it was doable. Let's say that it was doable. All right, we'll put her up to the task. Yes, let's see if she can handle it. <laughs> Absolutely. So okay, like you mentioned earlier, also you have professional sports. You have the Colts and the Pacers. Do you have any recommendations as far as if, if we want to go to a game? 
Yeah, I would definitely go to a game if you can. Um, the Pacers is in Bankers Live Fieldhouse. So again, it's designed to look like those old Indiana field houses. It's one of the best professional sports venues I've been in, I think, just because of the theming of it is really, really cool. So I would definitely recommend taking in a basketball game. And Lucas Oil is fairly new. It's Lucas Oil Stadium is where the Colts play. You know, it's built within the last 10 years, just after the Peyton Manning era. You can see his statue in front. Yeah, the house that Peyton built, right? Yes, yes. So it, it's a fantastic venue also. So I think you shouldn't have difficulty getting tickets to either one because neither team at the moment is unfortunately great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not like it's jam-packed because they're bidding for the top spot or anything, but but both are super fun. We love to do that, so. Right on. Now, you mentioned earlier about that we should rent a car versus like taking public transportation. What's the parking situation like in Indy? Is it is it easy to find parking or is it expensive? No, it's not expensive and you'll be able to find parking downtown. That We have a Circle Center Mall, which was built when I was in school in the 90s where they were trying to revitalize the downtown and they it's has sort of died off like many malls have. But they built a lot of parking garages at that time to accommodate. So you can go and park in those for like a dollar for a couple of hours. And they're all, they're scattered in very convenient places throughout downtown. So it's, it's pretty easy to park. And then if you head you know North of the city, Broad Ripple is an area that I really like. It's a, a hip neighborhood. It's close to Butler university. So you get a lot of younger people. There's a lot, if you like architecture, we do have some nice areas and Broad Ripple is known for its arts and crafts bungalows from the 1920s. So that's a really neat area to just like take a walk through. And then they have a, their own little village. And also I always recommend if someone's like driving through the city that you drive Meridian Street, which goes north to south through the city. And it has so many big, beautiful, historic homes and churches on it. And the governor's mansion is on that road and it's historic and beautiful. And then Butler University is just kind of right off of that. Oh, nice. That's one of the things I love about traveling is taking a look at all the architecture. Personally, I tend to like focus on the building more than actually the art and whatever else is inside the building. So that's kind of like my thing. Yeah, my husband's really interested in architecture as well. So he loves these arts and crafts bungalows. You know, he's always looking for the the coolest one. Oh, nice. Now, when we're looking at where to stay within Indy, is there a certain like part of town where we should look at staying? Or I guess it just matters based on what we plan on doing while we're there. Yeah, I mean, probably you're going to want to stay downtown. The Indy 500 track and some of those things are on the west side. So if you were going to do a lot of that, you might want to stay over there. But otherwise, the north side has some things, but there's not a lot of hotels other than like your typical Hampton Inn type of things up there. So downtown has the best selection of hotels. And a couple that I like are the Alexander, which is an art hotel. And it is really, really unusual and amazing. They have locally produced artwork which kind of reflects the culture of the city. It's just really interesting place to stay. And I also like a fun one for kids is the Crown Plaza, which is at Union Station, which is our historic railroad station. And you can actually stay in a Pullman train sleeper car, like a historic one inside the hotel. So that's really a cool, different thing to do. Yeah, what a great experience. That's awesome. 
my favorite brand is Kimpton, and they announced that they're going to be opening up a new location in Indy, I think in 2022. So I may time my visit uh, in coordination with uh, when that one opens. I like Kimpton as well. And similar to that is Le Meridian. And they do have a hotel in downtown Indianapolis. And I like it a lot also. It definitely has a, that boutique feel, which what we prefer when we stay, if we can. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was speaking to a couple of friends before recording this episode. And my buddy, Kevin, who is actually the guest for Cleveland, he told me to ask, what about duck pin bowling? Right. So duck pin bowling is a thing you can do in an area of Indianapolis called Fountain Square. And it's just outside of downtown. There's a lot of historic neighborhoods down there. So apparently I am not a duck pin bowler, but it is the only authentic duck pin bowling in the Midwest. And I guess the deal with duck pin bowling is the pins are smaller. Okay. And so Fountain Square is kind of a hip redeveloped area of the city and you can go swing dancing down there and then they have the duck pin bowling and they have so, you know a theater so kind of a vintage feel if you will down there is what i would say it's kind of a throwback area so yeah that would be a fun thing to do well that sounds really cool okay we only have a few more minutes so let's talk about more about some of the places we should eat while we're there where should we go if we want like a like a really good breakfast before heading out for the day cafe patachu is probably the most famous breakfast place here in town. Um, And it's a little bit more of a gourmet feel and there's different locations around. I love downtown, the Rathskeller. It's apparently the oldest restaurant in Indianapolis and it dates back to 1894. And Indiana has some like a German heritage. So this is like a, it's in the Athenaeum down there, which was a, German building. It's super fun to go to and get sauerkraut. And I will warn you, okay, talk about spicy foods, like beware their mustard. <laughs> so <laughs> if they try to hand it to you and act like it's no big deal, be prepared. A lot of horseradish in that mustard. So, and then they have all the, the classic kind of German foods. It's a really good, good one. Nice. So, so basically they hand it to you and then they kind of turn and laugh. Exactly. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> so you've been forewarned. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to make that mistake. And where would we go if we wanted like a nightcap or maybe something to satisfy our sweet tooth? Where I live in Zionsville, we have My Sugar Pie, which is a woman who makes homemade pies. And she actually was featured on Oprah at some point. And so her pies are nationally known now. So I would recommend checking her out and getting a sugar cream pie. That is another local Indiana dish that I didn't discover until my mother-in-law made it for me. And I'll swear it's the best dessert that was ever made. Oh, wow. And it's really easy to make. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look up pictures of that because I'm having trouble like figuring out what that even looks like. Yeah, it's just kind of a, it looks like a chess pie or something, kind of a custardy pie, but it's rich, but it's really, really good. And she makes a good one, so. That sounds amazing. Well, Lynn, I really appreciate you sharing all these tips for Indy. I know I've learned a lot, and I can't wait till I come there when, when the Kimpton opens. But now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in Indy, where should they go and what should they eat? My husband and I love to go to Mama Carola's, which is in the Broad Ripple area. And it's in like a 1920s, very charming house. The atmosphere is kind of romantic, very charming, and they have a lot of outdoor seating. So that's kind of our choice place to go. 
So, Lynn, tell me one of your most memorable stories of living in, in Indy. I think definitely the first time I went to the Indy 500. Again, someone who didn't know much about racing, and I thought I really wouldn't be interested in it at all. And it, it was amazing to actually go and watch how fast these cars go and actually see that in front of your eyes, you know, versus on a television is amazing. And the sound that they make. And today they're they're not as loud as they were when I first went, but how incredibly loud they were at that time that like you had to wear earplugs if you went to the race. Now it's much more tolerable the way they have updated the cars. But that is definitely a bucket list experience and it's really, really fun to go and watch a 500. Yeah, I've been to a couple of NASCAR races before and man, those things are incredibly loud. You said you gotta wear the headphones and everything else like that. Some sports translate to TV and some of them do not. Like I can't sit and watch golf, I can't watch tennis, I can't, I can't watch racing on the TV, but in person you're like, wow, this is pretty intense. Right, and watching them like pass each other and go around these curves and stuff, it is amazing that anyone can do that at that speed. Oh, absolutely. So one of the things I like to do when, when I'm checking out different cities is check out the happy hours. Where's the happiest happy hour in Indy? Well, a fun place that I like to go is at the Alexander Hotel, that art hotel. They have Plat 99, which is a bar, and they have some great mixologists there who do some really creative drinks. So I think I would recommend checking that out. Yeah, it sounds like it just has a really cool vibe and and everything else. And plus, like having that history of the the hotel as well, just like a perfect experience. Yeah, I think it's a a surprise that you would find in Indianapolis. You you wouldn't expect it. For sure. So one of the things I also do when I go to different cities is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in in Indy? Basbo's, which is B-A-S-B-E-A-U-X, like French sounding is the most famous local pizza place. But I have to say we are partial as we are not too far from Chicago to Chicago deep dish. And Lou Malnati's just came to town, which is a famous Chicago chain. So we're partial to that, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, Lou's is pretty amazing. I kind of go back and forth between Lou's and uh, Giordano's. Both of them are, are just really good. And I know I know it's like a local fight between the, the two, and but both of them are, are really good. Gino's East, also in Chicago. We don't have that here, but but Lou's is close. <laughs> nice. Well, I know, Lynn, just from you, from your website, with Go to Travel Gal and everything else, I know you know a ton about travel. What's your best travel tip? So my best travel tip is that it's really easy to fly your whole family free. So that's what I do is I teach families how to fly free. So I've developed a process that is very simple, that doesn't take a lot of time, and lets my family travel. We fly free about six times a year just by taking a couple of simple steps. So a lot of people fly on miles and points and, and it can get very complicated. My tip is you can do it free and you can keep it simple. Yeah, you can do some of these more advanced things, but most people don't want to deal with it. But if it gets too intricate and everything else like that, it's just too much of a hassle and they'll just drop it and they won't even, and then they'll end up paying for anyways, you know, out of the cash. So definitely keep it easy. For sure. So based on that, let's talk about a little bit who you are, what you do, and then what's the best way for someone to reach you if they want to learn more about traveling for free or uh, if they want more about Indy. Sure. So you can find me at familiesflyfree.com and you can also find me on Instagram and YouTube at familiesflyfree. And then I also have a blog, go to travelgal.com, and that's what I am on Facebook, go to travelgal. I'm a longtime travel writer, so I write for different sites like US News and World Report and MSN and the Today Show on travel. 
And I just learned over the years, I happened into this couple that was flying around the world. And what was news to me, they were doing it free, right? The news to me was they were collecting miles without flying. Because I always thought frequent flyer miles, you had to fly to earn those, right? (laughs) That's why they're called frequent flyer miles. I just assumed it was business people that earned these miles and were able to get a free trip every now and then. So I was excited to learn there's so many other ways that you can earn miles and points, frequent flyer miles, just sitting at your own house by shopping or by getting carry out, travel credit cards, et cetera. And so I just figured out, again, a simple way that we could kind of the 80-20 rule, if you will, of what are the 20% of things we can do that'll get 80% of our flights free. Everyone needs to know how to do this because for us, it opened up the world of travel. Like we took one road trip a year before I figured this out. And now we fly all over the place. It's amazing to me what we've been able to see and do that we never could if I hadn't figured this out. So it's my passion to just show other families how to do this. And again, it does not need to be complicated. It's really quite easy. I totally agree. I mean, that's that's how I take my wife and, and children all over the world using miles and points. And a lot of them, I almost never really pay for, for tickets uh, with cash. And it's all about earning those miles and points from credit cards, from your daily activities and everything else. And like translating that into that free travel. So thanks a lot for sharing all these awesome tips about Indy. I know people will want to learn about uh, how to do that for free through your site and through your course and through your podcast. And uh, we look forward to seeing when we travel there. Awesome. Thanks so much. What an awesome conversation with Lynn. Wouldn't it be fun to attend the Indy 500 or a Colts football game? You can find all the links we talked about at wetravelthere.com forward slash Indy. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Dusseldorf, Germany, to speak with my new friend Jenna Davis of lifeingermany.com. Jenna and I talk about the Christmas market in Alstadt, climbing the rain tower, and raising a stein at German breweries. You'll be joining us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 